Ephesians chapter 3. We're in a series right now um, called uh, Jesus Town. And it's a series about what does daily faith look like with Jesus at the center. We are Jesus people. If you cut us, we would bleed Jesus. If you talk to us, we talk about Jesus. And we've said it every single week, and we are passionate about this. The greatest threat to faith and, and to a Jesus followers is not another religion. It's not culture. It's not secularism. It's a form of faith without, it's a form of Christianity without Christ. It's a form of godliness without the power of the Holy Spirit. And in my life, the greatest thing I struggle with is addiction to religion. Religion is going through the methods without, uh, without having the passion. It's, it's focused on the how and the when, but losing the who and the why. I know people that are religiously married. They sleep in the same bed, have dinner at the same table, but they are far from each other relationally. And they go through the motion, they, they share the bills, they share responsibilities, but there is no relationship. Let it not be said of us that we are good at church and we don't know Christ. Let it be said of us that we are full-time uh, dream team members and full-time pastors and full-time professional Christians and part-time disciples. We are passionate about putting Jesus in the center of our life. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3, this is a verse. This is a verse. Uh, I think we're going to go into a series pretty soon called Keys. Just coming up with this now, so team is rallying around this. Going through some key verses, I just think speak to the DNA of us as believers. And this is one of these verses that is, I've been chewing on, marinating about, I've been, I've been contemplating. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, I'm going to read in the NIV version. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Oh, I love that we had a record number of kids last week in church. Highest number ever of children between birth and grade five in our church. God is up to something. All generations. Mom and dad, you're here. Those who retired, you don't retire, you refire. Come on, God has a plan for your life. Young adults, God has a plan for your life. Singles, married. Uh, wherever you are in the stage of life, all generations, forever and ever, amen. I want to talk today real quick, and we're going to pray for some people today on this title, on this title, This Faith, This Faith. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. God, again, I just thank you for the families that came, and it was a parent dedication. They said, as for me and my house, we want to remain. We want to know that God is your, your center of our lives. God, I bless them again today. I bless them. I pray their energy, I pray their hearts, I pray, as Pastor Nancy said, nothing would hit their hearts or their heads that would separate them. We bless them. God, I thank you for those that are here today, both online and in person. God, I pray that we would not be religious, but Father God, we would find ourselves with this faith today. Would you cut through the noise? Would you cut through distraction? I pray phones would not distract. I pray to-do lists would not distract. I pray... I pray randomness would not distract. I pray, God, you would speak in this moment. Would you light me on fire today to share the truth of your word? God, would you captivate our hearts today that we would be yours? And thank you for what you're doing in this church and everybody said. Ephesians 3, this moment here with Paul. Um, scholars call it a doxology. In the first three chapters of Ephesians, Paul is, is speaking to the church. He's speaking to them and he's saying, here's what you need to believe. 
It's really three chapters of theology. He's saying, here's what we believe. Here's what we know is true. We need to get this into your heart. Then the last three chapters of Ephesians, he goes into how to behave. I've realized this, that you cannot, you cannot separate what you believe from how you, what you behave. Make no mistake, you don't need to believe right or behave right to come into this church or for Jesus to love you or welcome you. But I do know this, that once your belief system starts to um, change and be focused on Jesus, behavior changes. When someone says, this is what I believe, I'm like, no, don't show me your belief. Show me your behavior. I believe drinking Coca-Cola is bad for me, but I sure do enjoy it. I don't know how much I actually believe that. You know, it's amazing. I do believe that jumping um, um, off, uh, off this stage, at this stage, at this level, at this age of my life would be bad for my niece. So I don't do it. You cannot separate your behavior from your belief. And, and Paul here is saying in the first three chapters, here's what you need to believe. And as you process that, as you take that in, as you, as you wrestle that, you need to know it will affect your behavior. And right in the middle of that, in verse 20 and 21, Paul stops and he has this praise moment. It's a spontaneous moment. If you're reading it, you see Paul. It's like he's, he's so excited, he's making up words. He's not the only preacher to do that. Sometimes you just get, you ever just get just the word, you don't have the right words to fit the feelings you're having. You just, you can't just, like I, I get stuck on words I use too much. I'm trying to add more words to my vernacular, but awesome just doesn't do it anymore. You gotta add new words. Paul here in Ephesians 3.20, he's going on, he says, all of a sudden he's thinking about what God has done and who he is. And then he's saying, hey, this is gonna change our behavior. And right in the middle of this moment, he goes, all of a sudden he goes, now to him who is able to do, to, to do immeasurably more than we could ask. And not just what we could ask. It's not even just what we say, it's what we imagine according to his power that is at work. It's this moment a moment of worship and praise. You know what's interesting? It starts with this word now. It's funny, if, if I was writing that, maybe if you were writing that, I find it interesting that the author here, that when, when the Holy Spirit impressed to write this down and Paul wrote this down, it didn't say remember him who is able. We celebrate it today remembering. Remembering is honoring. It's important. And Paul could have used the word church, remember him who is able. No matter what you're going through today, I believe it's a biblical principle to remember. I think you need to stir your faith and remember what God's done in your life. But Paul didn't say, remember him who is able. He also didn't say, he didn't say, one day, him who is able. He could have did that to build expectancy for the future. Could have said, listen, I know, it's interesting, Paul wrote this in prison. That puts context to this verse right now. In this moment of worship, sometimes we're waiting for the worship to feel right before we engage. And Paul, in the middle of prison, says, I'm going to spend and be spent my life for others, in this case, the Ephesians. And right in the middle of it, in his locked-up prison state, he starts praising God. He could have said, now, one day, him who is able, when I'm out of this prison, then, then you know, one day he'll be able to do more than I can think or imagine. No, no, what does Paul say here? He says, now. Now, do immeasurably more now. I just want to just stop there for a second and encourage you now. There's an expectation in the room. There needs to be an expectation in our faith. When Jesus is the center of our lives, make no mistake, we're thankful for what he's done. We look forward to what he will do. But there is something about the now. Now to him. 
It's interesting now, it doesn't say now to them. It doesn't say now to the church. It doesn't say now to your small group or your people group or your family. It says now to him. He focuses his whole verse around the presence and the person of Jesus Christ. Make no mistake, it always comes back to him. Now to him. Folks, Jesus changes lives. Jesus forgives your past. Jesus lights up your future. But Jesus can change your now. Now to him who is able to do more than we could ask or imagine. Church, don't lose your ask of this faith. Sometimes we have this faith, and it's like, I'm just I'm faithful in this faith. And I love that. I love the tenacity and the grit that I know of so many in this room have, going, come hell or high water, whatever it is, I am in this faith. But sometimes I think we lose out on the ask. We forget, we're like, because we're faithful. And faithful is awesome in this faith. But there's something more than just being faithful. There's something about the expectancy of faith in this faith going, you know what, I'm going to ask. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. How much is immeasurably more? Well, it's more than whatever you could ask or think. It's more than that. I don't, you can't even measure it. It's immeasurably more than we ask. Church, don't lose your ask in this faith. If I can plug it one more time, that's one of what we're doing in the prayer rooms on Monday nights and Friday mornings. Make no mistake, we're not just being faithful going, this is good to do. Just to discipline the body and get out of bed. And It's more than that. We believe now him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask. Please don't lose the ask in this faith. When you walk in this room on Sunday mornings, there needs to be an ask of our faith going, God, I walk in here this morning, I believe, I'm thankful for last week, I'm thankful for the six years we've celebrated, God, you're going to do stuff in this church in the future, but now, in this moment, you are faithful and you are able, and I'm asking God for you to change my life. Church, we're going to have an opportunity today to ask, I believe you should stir your faith today that he is able. Don't lose the ask of your faith. Don't lose that. We would never be a church that just never asks anymore. Never asks anymore. Just, just, I just, you know what? I've got enough. I'm good enough. It's fine. I have this faith. I take comfort in it, but I'm not believing for anything. Let me ask you today, what are you believing for? That should be a question that should be quick on your lips to answer. Well, I'm believing for this. I'm believing for this miracle. I'm believing this for my kids. I'm believing this for my friends. I'm believing this for my life. I'm believing this for my singleness. I'm believing this for my career. I'm believing this for my marriage. There should be something we are believing for. James 2.17, talking about this faith. In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. That's a statement right there. Faith without action is dead. Oh, don't tell me about your faith. Show me your faith. That's why there's something about gathering together, lifting our hands, lifting our voices, stepping out, giving financially, giving our lives to this. Uh, the way we're kind, the way we love, the way we serve, the way we help, the way we rescue. Our faith is only as strong as our action. That's why even Paul's saying, you have your faith in the first three chapters, but show me your actions in the next three chapters. When we ask, it puts an action to our faith. You cannot separate desperation from discipleship. To have Jesus at the center means we live with an expectation that he can change our situation. I want to remind you, there's nothing you're going through, nothing you're believing for, that Jesus cannot step in according to his will and his bill deal with it. 
You cannot separate desperation from discipleship. Sometimes I think we get so comfortable in this faith, we lose a desperation. That's why I love new believers. They walk in and they're, it's not even fair how many prayers from the new believers get answered. Have you ever noticed that? You ever notice that? You're like, God did this and God did this. It's so amazing. My family's got affected and this got to happen. I got this new job. And I'm like, what's going on here? God is only answering the new prayers. I think there's something about the faith and the expectation and the desperation of sometimes new believers that we need to learn from. Sometimes we can get into this long enough going, well, you know, I know enough. Been around long enough. I don't really believe for that. I'm just comfortable with this faith that I have. And the Bible says, no, 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 more than we can ask. I believe there needs to be a desperation to come back into our hearts. A des- you cannot separate desperation from discipleship. You cannot. I want to read one story today in Mark chapter 5. Again, if you have a Bible, I just encourage you to turn there. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. It's a story of two people who are asking in this faith that we have. Two people that put their desperation on display. And I believe today it will provoke you. It will encourage you. Maybe convict you, but I believe that it will move us to understand you can't separate desperation from discipleship. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. When a leader of the local synagogue came, whose name was Jairus, arrived, when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him, My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her and heal her so she can live. Church, please don't read that without the emotion of the text. Sometimes we read this like it's a, a, just a, a history book or we're reading a report. You, if you lean into that statement, there's a lot of tension in that moment. She's dying. She has moments, maybe hours left to live, days. This father leaves her knowing it might be the very last moments he sees his little daughter who was 12 and says, no, I still got one more hope. And right now, I need to go to him who is able. And he leaves that moment and he presses through the crowd to find Jesus. There's some tension in that text. So that she can live. Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd who had suffered for 12 years with a constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And, and, and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. This woman was bleeding consistently for 12 years. You can imagine the, how weak her body would have been. Literally how anemic her body was. How literally life was flowing out of her that she couldn't function. Doesn't say if she was a wife or a mom. Doesn't say if she was... Uh, a business owner doesn't say if she what her what her life looked like, but you imagine how weak it would have been. Verse twenty-seven. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe, for she thought to herself, "If I can just touch his robe, I will be healed." And immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel her body that she had been healed from this ter- terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and said, who, who, who touched my robe? The disciples looked at him. Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? You're surrounded by people pushing up on you. This is a mosh pit. How do you, what do you mean? Everybody's been touching you. Verse 32, but he kept on looking around to see who had done it. 
Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him, told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have just have this faith, but now him who is able. Jesus goes and stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go any further with him except Peter, James, and John's. And they came to the home of the synagogue leader and saw people wailing, and he pushed them out. He said, no, there's going to be a miracle here. She's only sleeping. He didn't let anybody come in except those three and the parents. And the crowd laughed at him, and he said, no, you don't even understand. He said, no, he doesn't even understand. He goes into verse 41. He goes into the room. Verse 41, holding her hand, he said to the little girl, little girl, get up. And the little girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. And they were overwhelmed and totally amazed. And Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone. This morning, I just want to just bring a couple points out of this and this faith that we have. As Jesus is at the center of our lives, I want to just challenge you this morning about the ask of our faith. Two actions that are central to Jesus' followers. If you're a Jesus follower today, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand and be like, I'm a Jesus follower. These are two actions that are central to our belief. Number one is get to Jesus for yourself. You're like, how do you know if you're, if you're just a religious person or a Jesus follower? This is a core belief. It's a core desperation. It's a core action. We believe we have to get to Jesus for ourselves. This woman pressed through the crowd. Please don't miss this. The disciples wouldn't even press through familiarity. If you read the story in the context, they were around her. They were denying people from coming close. They were, they were sticking to their schedule, to their, to, to their planning center, to their, to, their, to their calendar, to their what they were trying to organize. And they were so familiar with Jesus that they didn't realize the power of Jesus. And so this woman pressed through the crowd. Church, let's not be so familiar with his presence that we miss his power. Sometimes we can be so familiar in this space, right? The routine of, I usually sit in this section, I usually get my coffee at this time, I go over here, I get hot chocolate, and then we, we sing this many songs, and then um, Pastor Mike or someone else says these few things, and we can get so familiar in this space that we miss the moment that is pregnant with potential power. This woman pressed through the crowd, but the disciples were lost in the crowd of familiarity. We've seen his mother. We know his brothers. We, we, we've been around and we've heard all these things before. We've heard these verses. We've heard these stories. We've seen them do things. We're just a little familiar. Please, church, understand that as believers, as followers of Jesus, that we need to get ourselves to Jesus. You still need to get yourself to Jesus for a moment. He is still in the business of doing miracles. Sometimes we can be so professional at this that we lose our desperation. And we get so familiar with things. Familiarity kills marriages. It kills parenting. It kills businesses. It kills churches. Because we get so familiar, there's no more this pressing going, God, would you do something in my life? I think you need to increase our desperation. Second thing, if you're central to a Jesus follower, is you've got to get Jesus for others. You've got to get Jesus for others. Jerry is his father. He got through a crowd as well. You need to read that in the verse. It says he pushed through the crowd, but not for himself. He did it for his daughter. 
saw it today with parents, symbolically today, pressing through the crowd of schedule and expectation and busyness and time changes and sleep patterns and naps and moods and everything to go, no, no, I just, I want it to be said for us that we want to press in. You know, God, God, you've done something in my life, but we need to press in for these little ones. God, Jesus, I'm coming to you not just for myself today, but I'm bringing you to these ones. Parents, when was the last time that you served your kids in prayer? I'm convicted by that myself. Parents, of all the things we give our kids, we need to give them education and vacations and provisions. But of all the things we give our kids, can we give them this faith? That now, to him who is able, will do immeasurably more. This faith that Jesus changes situations. That our kids will grow up with the belief, they listen, I'm thankful for the help I got, but I can bring my needs to Jesus. This 12-year-old couldn't get herself to Jesus, so her father went and brought Jesus to her. You, we need to be passionate about not only coming to Jesus and not giving up the ask of this faith, but also going, it's not just for us. I believe Jesus can change your situation and your situation and this situation. So I'm bringing Jesus into my marriage. I'm bringing Jesus into my healing. I'm bringing Jesus into my friends. I'm bringing Jesus into my kid's situation. That they grow up understanding the power of him who is able to do immeasurably more. Mom and dad, when was the last time your kids found you in a place of prayer for them? Oh, God, help me. Help me. That I would bring Jesus to them. I'm thankful for all the blessings my kids have. But if I don't bring them Jesus, they will have a life that can be measured in its lack. But he is able to do immeasurably more if they meet Jesus, Hebrews 11, talking about faith, verse 1. This fundamental fact of existence that, that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what's distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. This faith, make no mistake, there's always been a crowd, and there'll always be a crowd. And I don't know what the crowd is for you. The crowd for you might be distraction. This crowd for you might be, might, might, might be unbelief. Maybe it's, it, it's, it's familiarity. Maybe it's the people you're around. I don't know what this crowd is for you, but even Hebrew says, set them above the crowd. I believe there is a position in desperation that sets us above the crowd that keeps us from Jesus and getting Jesus to others. Now to him who is able more than we ask. Church, his ability is tied to our asking. If you're not seeing, if I'm not seeing Jesus move, I, 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 I dare say maybe it's my asking. It's not his ability. His ability is tied to our asking. Watch Matthew 7, 7. Watch what it says. Jesus says here. Church, I'm talking to the believers in this room with desperation in your room. Keep on asking. But I already asked. Ask again. And you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. You see the desperation here. Our, our asking unlocks his ability. Church, desperation is the currency of heaven. Desperation is the currency of heaven. You come to Jesus for yourself and you come to Jesus for others. Today, we're going to make some time to ask. If you can in this place, can you stand to your feet? We're just going to worship in a moment. 
Here's the question today. I don't want anybody moving around just for a moment. Who needs a moment with him? The him that is able now. Not listen, if you just if you just, if you just go and just if you earn it, if you try a little harder, maybe. My Bible says now to him. I want to encourage you in a moment to press through the crowd today. I'm actually going to ask in a moment if you say, I need, a, I, need, I need God to do something either in my life or you need him to do something in someone else's life. In a moment, I'm actually going to go old school and step out of your aisles and come to this front. But it's going to take pushing through a crowd. Maybe it's the crowd of familiarity. We don't do that at this church much. But that's, that's Mike Miller. That's, that's Marquis Murray. That's Emily Lido. That's the band. That's, this is just the familiarity of this room. Familiarity tells me we go and get our kids soon and we have coffee soon. And familiarity tells me that after this I do, you might have to press through the crowd of familiarity going, well, I've been to altars before. I've prayed before. I'm just kind of used to it. I'll ask a question again. Who needs a moment today? I want desperation to stir up inside you. This woman was like, I'm not going to be able to live much longer if I don't get a miracle. And this father said, she's not going to live much longer if I don't get this miracle. You cannot separate desperation from discipleship. If he is the center of our town, of our faith in our lives, there needs to be this belief that now him who is able can do a miracle in these moments. Maybe your crowd is numbness. I don't feel anything. Pastor Mike, I know you're preaching and you're trying, but I don't feel nothing. Maybe that's your crowd going, excuse me, numbness. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna push through this. Excuse me, cold heart. Excuse me. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a little tired from the fight I've been in. It's not my fault. I just feel a little numb. I'm just gonna, maybe you need to push through that. Excuse me, just for a minute. Excuse me. I, I may not be feeling it, but I know I need it because this faith is on action, not feeling. This faith needs to push past the feeling of excitement. I used to get excited when I came in here. Man, when I first came to this church, that's all I talked about, posted about. It's all, and maybe it's numbness you got to push past. Maybe it's familiarity. Maybe it's hurt. Maybe it's a lack of compassion for someone else. I don't know what it is for you. But I want to remind you, he can do immeasurably more. Immeasurably more. Until my dying day, I am convicted again. I will not remove the ask from this faith. I have miracles I need done in my body for healing. You need miracles in your body. There are moments in my life I need God to do a miracle. I also need him for people in my life. My kids need miracles. My, my, my wife needs miracles. I have people in this church need miracles. And I'm going to come to Jesus for myself, and I'm going to push through the crowd going, God, I need this today. But there's also part of me going, the love I have the desperation I have, I need to bring Jesus to them. And we can do that through asking today. And he went and got Jesus. And Jesus came through and came to. And you watch what he did. He measurably more than they asked or imagined. Today I want to encourage you. Who needs a moment from him who is able? The team's going to lead us just for a moment. We're going to worship.
Here's what's going to happen in a moment. We start to lead. Some of you are going to start pushing through the crowd mentally, going, maybe it's pride, going, hmm. If I go up there, what are people going to think I'm pressing in for? Are they going to think it's this? Because I know why that person's pressing in. Maybe they think I'm, hmm. It's interesting, no one knew what the woman's issue was. She just knew she needed a miracle. See, they all knew what the father needed. They didn't know what the woman needed. It doesn't matter who knows what. It's a matter of what we ask of him, who now is able to do a mission. What if this is the knocking, this is the seeking, this is the asking, where there's a moment. Yeah, I prayed for that disease. I prayed for that here. One more time. My young adults, they've deconstructed, they've walked away. Not him. He was able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or even imagine according to the power that is within us. All the glory to God. We're going to sing this song. If you say, Mike, I need a miracle from Jesus. I need to get to Jesus today. Or I need to get someone. It's not everybody in this room. But it's a lot of people. The altars are open. Let's just press in for a moment. As we sing this song, can it not be a song? Can it be a prayer today? Pressing in. If I can just touch the very presence of God, a miracle would happen in my life. I don't know what he'll do, but I know this. He is able. The altars are open. Let's seek him who is able. Oh, hallelujah. I need your presence. A touch of heaven here on earth. Father, pour out and send your revival, your spirit's arrival here. Oh, how I need, I need you pray. A touch of heaven here on earth. Father, pour out. Send your revival. Your spirit's arrival here in me. Send 
here today. I need Jesus to move. If it's for you personally, I'm not going to ask what it is, but you say, if that's you, I just need to know who I'm praying for today. If that, raise your hand. It's praying for you personally. We're going to pray for those that you came here for someone else, but for you personally. Let's pray today. Let's believe now to him who is able to do exceedingly, immeasurably more than we can think, ask, imagine. According to his power, believe for healing today, physically believe for right now. Let's believe. Father, I pray for miracles right now. Father God, we've put our desperation on display. We've pressed through the crowd of familiarity and we've moved out of seats and we've pushed past schedules right now. We've pushed past maybe some numbness or some pain or even some fear. We've just, we're in this moment. God, would you see that we're knocking and we're asking and we're seeking to. I pray for a miracle right now. I pray for healing in Jesus' name over bodies. I pray for addictions to drop off right now. Those that are struggling with addictions, I pray right now for a freedom. That he who the sun sets free is free indeed. I pray the grasp of alcohol, drugs, pornography, whatever, the gambling right now would drop off of lives. We ask, Lord, would you free right now? Father, I'm asking for healing right now. Every form of disease and pain and injury, I'm asking where someone said, you'll have, this, you'll have this pain for the rest of your life because of X, Y, Z. I believe now to him who is able, I pray for pain to be gone in Jesus' name, that pain would bow its knee to Jesus Christ. For him who is able to do immeasurably more. I pray cancer would go. Diabetes would go. Every blood issue, every muscle issue, every ligament issue, every, I pray for mental health right now. God, I pray there'd be a freedom right now. Father, I thank you for how much you care. And I pray for a sound mind. Not a spirit of fear or confusion or, or, or depression, but I pray right now you'd rush in and just 
just wash them with the warmth of a sound mind and love today. Would you just reach in and rewire neurons? Would you just wipe out memories that are causing pain? Would you just reinforce your truth and your goodness and your love? Holy Spirit, you're a Holy Spirit. You're not a fearful spirit. You're not a depressed spirit. You're not a suicidal spirit. You're not a rebellious spirit. You're a Holy Spirit. We speak holiness right now. Father, we pray for miracles over finances and relationships right now. Where people said it's done, it's done. They, they're too far gone. They've made their decision. I pray for a miracle right now over, over relationships. A miracle right now. Father, I pray. I pray for miracles in the name of Jesus Christ, we agree. Now, if you're praying for someone else, you came up here, it might be the same people, but you said, I'm praying for, I need Jesus to hit someone else today. I need a miracle moment. I want to see your hands up. Who am I praying for? All right, let's believe today. Let's believe today. I want to remind you that the crowd around the dead laughed when the people of faith came back. There are some people, they may, you may think they love you and they might be in your corner, but they're not in this faith. And we love them, but sometimes you got to push the crowd aside to go, no, no, now to him. People go, well, those kids are too far into that lifestyle. That person's too far into that habit, uh, that mindset. They've, they've deconstructed, they've built on it. They're too far gone now. And, you know, Jesus says, no, no, they're not dead. They're just sleeping. This faith of theirs is just sleeping. This life of theirs is just, it's just a moment. They're going through it, but they're not staying in it. And people might laugh or scoff and go, well, no, 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 no. This faith this faith now to him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you right now for the people we represent. God, I pray for, I thank you for the Jarius anointing in this room to press through comfort, to press through expectation, to press through numbness and get to this altar in this moment. We lift up right now. I just want you to think about, maybe even say the names who you're believing for. God, we come today not just for ourselves. We come for others today. We come for others today. And God, we lift them up before you, how much you love them, how much you have made them Father, they need miracles in their body. We pray for healing over them right now. God, maybe they don't know how to pray. Maybe they're tired and beaten down. We speak a miracle over their body. We pray for healing, healing over these lives. We speak it right now, healing over them. God, we pray for salvation over these lives. God, I pray where there's been mindsets, there's been maybe disappointment or even hurt, I pray you would heal, you would reach, you would do what only you can do. I pray right now for salvations, for faith to be born. Oh, it said Jerry's daughter woke up and Jesus said, give her something to eat. I pray they start to eat spiritually. There'll be a hunger for the word of God, a hunger for a community, a hunger for church, a hunger for the things of this faith. Father, we pray for them right now. God, we pray for everything standing in the way that is hindering the ones that we love. I pray for a miracle right now. Situations would change. Peace would be had. God, the things that are evil plans would be canceled that you would make a way where there seems to be no way. Father, we agree together, and we say collectively, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine, God, would you do it right now in the name of Jesus Christ? And everybody said, and everybody said, amen. One more time, Pastor Matt. Come on, let's sing this as we get ready to close. Let faith fill your heart immeasurably more in this faith. Spirit, air, a holy anointing, the power of your presence, pour your spirit out. Oh, come on, church. Come on, church, let's sing it out. You, we need a fresh wind, a fresh wind.
now to him who is able. In the name of Jesus Christ, we're believing for a moment. Church, don't lose the ask of this faith. What's the daily habit we take from here? Keep asking. Keep asking. Keep asking. Keep knocking. Keep seeking. Because he is able. Everybody said amen. Have an amazing Sunday. The coffee is flowing. Next Steps is happening. Don't forget your kids. We love you. Online, we love you. Church, we'll see you next Sunday.